This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I think people should listen because we're desperate for attention right now. (laughs) I'm also Jared Stern. This is what I like to call an exercise in benign narcissism. And you're Between Two Sterns. There he is. How's it going? It's going well. You could have taken some time to get changed and relax if you wanted to. It's up to you. I know you're I racing mean, in from work. I don't know if racing is quite the well, term I would use, considering the traffic was so bad, I was able to text to you <laughs> how bad the traffic was, uh, slow to stopped most of the time. It's true. And I feel like I should establish for you that when you do call me, I am in the middle of doing something. It's not like I look down at my phone, see you calling and be like, fuck that. <laughs> like, well, I, and, and, and I'm aware of that side. just, just to, to, to let the listeners who are listening know the situation you you text me and sometimes i am in the car yeah, yeah, when you text yeah. me and so my natural response is to just hit the little phone icon and call you back yeah and nine times out of ten you just let it go to voicemail and that's yeah. fine that's fine you're a busy guy you have a lot going on I mean, no, not really. It's really, <laughs> that's, that's a generous explanation. I think that we might just be feeling our generational gap here, where when I see that you call, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> why am I in trouble? Why are you calling me? We're, we're going to talk later. Let's, <laughs> Let's I mean, not waste this over a phone call. Right. Generally, that's our that's our policy is not to waste this gold when it's not being recorded, <laughs> but... Sometimes I'm trying to convey actual information to you, and I know and, and, and I can't. Uh, I, I don't want to put my life in danger by by texting. You are driving. such a responsible person. I'm I to be. have designed websites from my phone while driving, That's <laughs> especially in DC traffic, where it's just yeah, right, where uh, you have plenty of leisure time. Right. Oh, so, so how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Because I'm, I'm not. I'm not all right. You're not all right? I am not all right. Before I've we been... go any further, is what you're not all right about something I should also not be all right about, but it's not I... on my radar? I mean, I'm I'm not going to. Can we? You know what? Don't edit it out. But I am going. I'm going to take a mulligan on this one. I'm going to okay. let you go first and tell me why you're not all right. And then I will determine if I'm all right after okay you express because my my not all rightness is just kind of a general lack of faith in humanity as a whole Uh recently Uh what with everything that's happening in israel and palestine yeah my instincts were correct i'm also not all right and i'm coming into this episode hot also go ahead okay let you leave well Here's the thing, like, <laughs> you let me, not to make light of leave. the situation, but as soon as yeah, I said no, I'm doing pretty good, you were like, I'm not. I was like, oh, shit, Palestine is real. That's right. There, there's other yeah, stuff no. outside of the four walls in my home. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's I don't know if you've watched Saturday Night Live. I have not. Over, over the weekend, Pete Davidson was the host and oh. his cold his cold open was basically it was just him talking to the camera. There was no sketch to do the cold open. It was just him saying. Mm hey, all this shit's going on. And when I was seven, I lost my dad in a terrorist attack. And now I'm seeing all these other children suffering on both sides of the equation. And it's, 
hard to be funny right now. And 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 I agree, it is hard to be our usual flippant selves when so much bullshit is happening right now. Between and and I when when tragedies like this typically when they strike, I have some kind of separation from it. Well, I, th- I think we all do because they're, ha- mm-hmm. they're on the other side of the world mm-hmm. and we don't have any connection to that to, to that side of the world generally. However, this is Israel. We, we are we are three quarters uh, between the two of us Jewish, um, which is, you know, kind of a thing. Also, most of my family lives. There. I was going to say, yeah, my sister, her seven children and her husband live in Israel. And thank God they're not near any of this, but. There's still a war going on yeah. over there. And so that has really, uh, mm-hmm. really stressed me the fuck out uh, over the past week. Just kind of having that in the back of my mind. It's something, yeah. you know, uh, another shoe's going to drop over there. But for me, it's you have the, you have this horrible humanitarian nightmare that's happening over there. Just the, the horrors of war, period. But also terrorists you know killed a shit ton of civilian civilians and now israel's response is to kill a shit ton of civilians yep. uh so th- there's nothing good happening on either side so you have all this going on and the backdrop of that being in 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 this country our fucking government is currently paralyzed and everyone who is in some uh who's supposed to be in power is either fucking complicit ineffectual or ignorant on everything when it, 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 either either what's happening uh right now uh in in congress or what's happening in the powers that be uh in the middle east or or any of it uh, or or and, and uh, also the you know the world is slowly uh light, lighting a blaze and no one gives a fuck about that either everyone is very happy to just be detached yeah. on either social media or in, in general and i i just don't i i don't feel like there's a way out of this and it's it's a desperation i haven't felt in a long long time and maybe it's compounded by the fact you know that i've experienced some loss uh yeah. recently but man it is just it's been palpable it's been absolutely palpable the last the last week with everything going on and yeah, I know we have a podcast to do. That's great and everything, but uh, this 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 might be one of the semi serious ones. Yeah, I, I it's just it, it really has come to a head over the last couple of days, and I'm having a lot of trouble a lot of trouble squaring being happy go lucky. We're making yeah. fun of stuff, and there's a just stuff that we're not going to be able to to come back from for for a while is happening right now. So yeah, not okay. I'm also not okay, and <laughs> contrary to your to your, to I, your previous, I I I just wanted I just wanted on the record that <laughs> that I you do know, you, you do you remember do you remember the insurrection episode of the podcast? It was like our second episode, yeah, second or third episode, and we yeah. came into it, and you were like, "Hey, look, let's not do a whole political stand type of thing," and I was like, "Yeah, let's let's." light and breezy we're keeping it light and breezy <laughs> keeping it light and breezy <laughs> i believe it was, was something but, so but like, the breeze is more of a hot hot, hot wind right now a hot coming into this wind. i was like all right i'm gonna keep it 
temperate. I'm going to keep it lukewarm. I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. I, I needed to know which way you were going to blow in one way or the other before <laughs> I took a firm stand on this. Yeah, no, um, and, and it, it, that's not usually my way. And that's part of that's another thing that's kind of been but been, been bugging me. But yeah, it's just it, it it's hard to take the usual flippant stance against yeah. things when shit is so what what's a good term for it on bleak like i think that's what the kids are saying these days there's a new phrase is this well, a new kids f- phrase as opposed to on fleek on fleek uh, on bleak. Do people do, do people say on fleek anymore or is that or, or am i 10 years behind the times no cap dog on god i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah i i i have not been as uh tuned in to all of this uh i've been i've been heavily distracted with like interviews and other things that's sure. just like i've turned off i i've watched tv in a week like i've just been kind of heavily focusing on that but what's fascinating to me is you and i have been hearing about this exact conflict our entire goddamn lives sure like imagine so we're frustrated you're frustrated imagine the frustration of the people in that right. entire area who are sitting there going this has been going on for decades now. And it's this kind of like ignored and hope it'll all go away type of thing. And it's not, it's not going to go away. No. And in fact, it, yeah. And now it's not going to go away for a long, long time. Yeah. And but here's the other thing. I don't purport to be very knowledgeable about the geopolitical anything going on right. over there. I know that Gaza and, and has been a sticking point for as long as Israel has been a thing, pretty mm-hmm. much. So I'm I, I'm not trying to take any any. Obviously, I'm on the side of the people who are suffering. That's who that's the side I'm on. Either yeah. whether it be is, is is Israelis who are who are attacked by Hamas or people who don't have anything to do with this stuff in who are being conflated with uh terrorists in uh in 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 gaza so none of those people deserve to suffer i agree with this yeah i also i'm so hesitant to give my opinion about what is to blame in this situation uh but there is no question that it is a complex situation and based off of what i think the driving force for all of this is i don't know if there is a resolution because Ultimately, the driving force behind this is is organized religion. That's the <laughs> yeah, that's the well, driving force behind it. It's sure. and again, this is not to, you know, in any way talk ill of people's spirituality or or connections to whatever God or gods, whatever you choose to connect with. But mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like if you look at all a, a number of these major religions, these radicalized religions, there are good versions of them, and then there are bad versions of them. Right? I'll walk by churches in, in in our own country, and I'll see rainbow flags, and all is welcome, and Jesus's message was love all, take all. And then you have the middle country religious uh-huh. stuff, where every time there's a new Netflix documentary about a bunch of kids getting touched or murdered or sold or traded it all revolves around these middle of the country bastardized versions of the exact same religion that is also preaching love everybody and connect everybody sure so ultimately the 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 significance of that region of the country plays into a my religion says it's ours versus my religion says it's ours Mm -hmm. and 
when it's in the name of God, when it's in the name of God's, how do you have a casual, objective conversation about this? When, you can't. When religion has been radicalized so much that it's it's if I don't do this thing, I'm going to burn in hell eternally, or my family's going to burn in hell eternally. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast. Do you know that I wasn't raised with a religion? Uh, you may have mentioned it before, but so, I, I mean, I, I, I know, I knew you weren't. I, I obviously knew you weren't very devoutly right. Jewish. <laughs> so my my mother's my mother was Irish Catholic. My dad's Jewish, and when they got married, the Catholic Church would not marry them. They would not unless my dad converted to Catholicism. Oh, wow. My dad refused. He said, "I'll get married in a church. I'm just not converting to Catholicism." And so my mom converted to Christianity. They got married in a church. And you, that was fine. You mean your mom converted to Judaism? No, my mom converted to Christianity. She remained Christian, but a Christian church was willing to marry the two of them. A Catholic church was not willing to marry. My oh, mom's Christian. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. sure. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Sorry. I... No, 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 it's okay. So that was fine. This was, they've been married for a long time, like 40 something years. I think they just had their 45th anniversary or something like that. Anyway, when they got married, that was fine. But when they started having kids, that's where the questions arose. Sure. What are you going to raise the kids? And so ultimately we weren't raised with anything. We were we were raised to be good people without a reward or punishment system at the end of our life, right? Because all religion from the outside, for the majority of them is based off of a reward and punishment system. You do sure. what you're told to do, you get rewarded. You do, don't do what you're, and by the way, none of it happens in this real world. It all happens after you die. Right, so you can't exactly. even prove the legitimacy of the system. And which is which is why right. it works so well for people so, who try to bastardize it the way you described earlier. So the, the fascinating thing about being raised in this house or in this household. So it was me, my two sisters, my brother, my one sister was mentally handicapped, but she was a sweetheart. All of us were great kids. There are two concepts that I know for sure are not inherent within people. And that is religion and racism. Because neither of them were taught to us in our house. And when I say taught, I don't just mean the, sit down and read the Bible. I mean passive aggressive comments. I mean snide remarks. I mean generalizations about different groups of people. None of that happened in our household. My, any any non-whites ethnicities never were made fun of or, or uh, generalized based off of stereotypes. And we were never taught about religion or God or afterlife. It just wasn't brought up. And I say this with all sincerity to people and, and trigger warning for anyone. This is a super sensitive subject. Please understand the reason I'm saying it this way. When you're not educated about religion or racism, when you do reach an age where somebody else tries to explain it to you, both of these concepts at first sound equally fucking stupid, yeah. like magic man in the sky sounds just as stupid as different skin, different people. Like you're white, you go out in the sun for two hours without sunblock, you turn red, you're not a different person. What are you talking about? And like, who is this old white man up in the sky who doesn't grant wishes ever? Like you guys just keep asking for it and it doesn't grant it. So as I was raised and like started being educated about religion, probably around the age of like nine, 10 ish, maybe 11 was when that started happening. I, at a very early age, realized the the dangers of this because and you've seen me. I don't know if all of our listeners have seen me. I am <laughs> I am a Jew who could have survived Nazi Germany. I am blonde haired. <laughs> I am blue eyed. I am fair skinned. 
And yet my first experience with discrimination was when I was 15 years old and my girlfriend's parents who were wasps found out my last name was Stern and made her break up with me that day because, and I quote, they didn't want the want to run the risk of having any Jewish blood in the family. That well, was my I... first experience with like relig- and I'm the worst Jew ever. I don't even know which one Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah is. I don't know yeah. which one, but it's it's in, it's so ingrained in people to have this division as opposed to looking at religion as like I don't know your phone apps right. It doesn't matter if you're ordering Taco Bell from Grubhub or DoorDash or Uber Eats. Just get your Taco Bell and shut the fuck up and enjoy it. You don't have to tell You don't have to make other people eat Taco Bell, nor do you have to tell people that your app to get Taco Bell was the best app to get. It doesn't matter. Just have a private moment with yourself and enjoy your own Taco Bell. You don't have Uh, to force your Taco Bell on other people. Correct. Correct. And, and and by the way, with that metaphor, yeah, I don't think anyone wants Taco Bell forced on them, <laughs> except for maybe uh, our, our our friend Tarun, who who whose whose religion is Taco Bell. Well, I actually. was going to say I didn't mean to give Tarun a mild shout out there, but <laughs> every time this religious stuff starts up, it's just it's so clearly not about religion. Not and and I will say that. Outside of my normal opinions about religion, I believe what's going on with Jerusalem and Palestine is an unbelievably complicated situation of ownership of land and then having that Mm -hmm. land taken away and then given it's it. And to be quite honest, on a on an emotional level, it is not unlike the way um, slavery was dealt with in this country, where we're just going to let it go and hopefully it burns out over a couple of generations without recognizing that there's generational trauma that can exist and that will stack on top of itself. Yeah. But, and that, and that becomes the right. the powder keg that it exactly. has now exploded. So, right. If, if 150 years don't math check me, we just acknowledged that we fucked up, gave reparations and call like, at least we could have like, who has ever been in an argument with somebody? What is more frustrating than that person simply avoiding taking responsibility for what they did, apologizing for it and saying, I did wrong. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Like it's the simplest things and move on. But instead we have this culture of kick the can. Well, it's not even just about kick the can on either side of that, that divide, that particular divide, the Israel and Palestine divide. You have people who do not, who refuse to acknowledge the basic humanity of the right. other side exactly and that helps f- fuel this uh this basic devaluing of human life that leads people to start blowing shit up taking hostages and you know uh you know just murdering but without then, uh but you then know. my question becomes this and and again i i'm i am by no means an expert on either religion but when you have religions that look at this life as not a life, but more of a. A method of conveyance to get to the next life. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Very, very well put. Thank you, because I was never going to get there. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm here to help. No, no, no. When you have that system, then in its own way, life is not valued because 
you will, you, that, you will be immortal in the next life. You're, sure. I'm going to be immortal in the next one, and none of this matters because I I'm doing this in the name of you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, yeah, I I've always been fascinated by the lack of proof. Like faith is such a is such an odd concept to me. Like like the the sheer lack of proof for anyone. Like think about how strong religion has to be as a concept for there to be literally no physical proof at all for any of them well there is physical proof what's the physical proof the bible well yeah which which is a whole other thing because who wrote the bible that's what i'm saying like so the the, the bible is documentation what i mean is proof and Again, this was an easier conversation to have five years ago before like deep fakes started coming up where I could turn on an app and watch Tom Cruise twerking on my phone, even though it's not Tom Cruise. Like uh -huh. the, the deep fake technology is really going to start screwing with that concept of. Well, what is deep fake technology going to do to uh, to help prove anything that was in the Bible? You're going to have like it, it has nothing like to do with Bible. It has to do with lip sync that Jesus. Like, I don't understand. No, what so you're like, saying. let's go back. Let's go back 50 years where people were spotting UFOs and they were taking like shaky back, videos. Apparently those are real. Well, that's the thing. They are real. But now <laughs> if you were to show a video of it now, somebody would be like, oh, somebody just did that on their app. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. somebody just Photoshopped that. You know what I mean? So like as technology increases, our technology is increasing to create more fake reality than it is to help us interact with real reality. No, exactly. And that's part of the reason why I think that there's not a, not really a way back from, from what, yeah. any, any of this, because people are so fucking dissociative uh, because they can just dive straight into their phone mm -hmm. and get all the, just a disinformation fucking buffet yeah. and form whatever uh, opinions are from those feel like they're right about whatever justify whatever the fuck just happened that's horrible move on to the next fucking horrible thing to, to justify so it, here's my question for you do you yeah. think do you think that there's more bad occurring now or do you think that we simply have access to be informed about how much bad there has always been both yeah. Both. I think it's I think it's uh, a larger awareness of, yeah. of all the bad. Uh, I think it's access to information about the bad. I think it's immediate access to information about the bad and more people that don't have any regard for basic human life who are willing to do the bad. That's it's all it's all cooking together in the same. It's all spinning together in the same uh Little, uh, little How blunder. do people, so you have more, you, you were raised Jewish, yeah? Yeah, sure. So, But, I, least, but I, I am I am not observant now. I'm, I totally am aware of that. The yeah. differences between us is you were at least around during the educational process, mm -hmm. right? So I think most religions have the love everybody vibe mm -hmm. as like kind of a general found. You have to pour a cement layer of love everybody. <laughs> sure. <laughs> love everybody kind of exists. That's a good base to have. That's yeah. a good base because otherwise it's going to slope and crash. As you build up the house, how do you imagine the turning point occurs where it's like, guys, 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 guys. Can, okay. So just if, if you remember in bullet point two of the love everybody, we're just going to, we're just going to add a, a slight addendum there. We're going to love everybody except for people who disagree with us. And then we're going to fucking kill all of them. Just <laughs> right. like, how do you get from the love and accept everybody to well, the. To here, here's the thing in, in, in Judaism, generally 
we have been the people that other religions and other peoples have decided we don't agree with them and we're going to fucking kill not. them. That but is, that's, we generally been on the other end of that. This is one of the, one of the, I mean, not the first times, but this is going to be one of the more recent examples of us doing the other, Constant. going the other way around. Yeah. You know, one of the things I always found fascinating about the Jewish religion and part of the reason I believe that there is so much hatred of it is because Judaism has a lot of roots in Buddhism. There's a lot of that, deep well, roots. I, that I have no idea. I, mean, I do. I, the, the only roots I, ha I have in Buddhism right now are just the belly. Well, <laughs> we, we get a joke in there. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> no, I, there's a lot of Judaism has a very like peace orient is a very peace oriented religion. Sure. Um, you also don't see a lot of there's not a lot of Jews trying to grab outside of the religion like you have birthright. But you don't see a lot of Jews out there being like, we need to convert as many people to Judaism as possible. Sure. No, no, no. There isn't a ton of there isn't a ton of that. There's not uh, a, there's of, not a whole proselytizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those are the religions that like I'm the religions that feel like a multi-level marketing scheme, like a pyramid <laughs> scheme. Those uh -huh. are the religions that I'm most I mean, I'm afraid of all of them, but I'm most afraid of those. Well, just 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 so you know, Jews built the pyramid schemes. So that's. Well, Jews built the pyramids and then that was the and joke, then the Jared. Catholic, I know and then the Catholics went, hey, 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 there might be something more to this. What <laughs> if what if stick with me? What if we got them to pay us for the pyramids? Mm, yeah. Whoa. OK. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a truly fucked situation. And yeah. Um, and I and, and I know the, and, and I apologize to the listeners who are listening who don't come to us for this kind oh, of commentary. I have felt the energy of you trying to change this topic multiple times now, and I'm not going to let you. This is our episode today. We're not going to try and spin out of this into something funnier or lighter. Like well, people I come mean, to people have come to our podcast before for things that have been serious. And if if this is an episode that doesn't tickle their fancy, they got a bonus half episode at 101.5. But this is that sounds like a radio station. It does. It does. And we'll try and keep it a little bit friendly in here, but I feel like rarely do we have an opportunity to talk about something like this or in this genre. So let's not let's not pivot out of it too much. You can apologize, but like, okay, that's fine. I'm just yeah. you know we've been talking about this for a little bit now, and I don't know. Do you remember? <laughs> this is not funny. Do you remember the episode where you talked about what happened with your father, where you opened up and talked about what? But yes. I didn't know that's what you were going to talk about in that episode. Yeah, that was. So that if was we need weird. something, we can go back and grab the front half of that episode and throw that in. for those of you. So one of the episodes, Jared talked very, very deeply about the loss of his father. It was a beautiful episode, but I didn't know. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. So we had what? It must have been 30 minutes. And it was about 20 or 30 minutes of uh, of you trying to force the shit uh, of you of you being sticky. And I was being, being like, what are we doing here? Why? Because right, we, we didn't talk ahead of time. I didn't know what your vibe we was. We never do. And then you were like, I got done my sticky. You were like, <laughs> so anyway, the way. I wanted to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> the, if, if I can pull the video, the look on my face of pure terror going, <laughs> I have to delete everything I've said. And you, you were like, Hey, I edited the front half. I was like, cut out everything I said to you other than, Hey man, how's it going? And right, then immediately sure. just, you're like, Oh no, I don't want to do that to you. I was like, please do that to me. I look fucking terrible if you don't. So yeah. I remember when my, uh, <laughs> I remember when my grandfather passed away, I was like 19 years old and, um, Obviously, the funeral was at the church. 
And my three cousins, I have three cousins on my mom's side. They all did readings from mm-hmm. the book, from sure. the good book. But it was considered not appropriate for me to do readings from the book, uh, even though I'm a performer and I would have killed it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was not appropriate for me to do readings from the book, but they still wanted me up on the stage. They wanted to give me a set anyway. Uh, there were a lot five, of there were, five minute guest set. There were a lot of people up there. They wanted to get sure. me up there. I was a performer. Um, and so instead, they just let me do a speaking. Oh, so it was nice. it was me. My my grandfather's in the uh, uh, Pennsylvania Hall of Fame for, I think, football and baseball. Wow. Yeah. For coaching, coaching or playing something like that. Um Anyway, uh, so is him, his old teammate, uh, or or somebody who he coached years, years prior, and I think did his son, did Uncle Mike. So it was me, these two guys, and then like it, it was a weird set for me to do. But the one thing that when you say no, set, what like what did you I was just do? Just a, just a just remembrance, or just like a remembrance, a, just a, okay. just speak from your heart. Okay, well, and, you're very good at that. Yeah, I uh, I I talked about how he taught us how to cheat at poker. Nice. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, which which was a great lesson that he taught us. Um, and really, what I got up there to speak about was a lot of people. I I, I gave up when it comes to like sentimental things and like finding a way to find the lightness or the brightness in heavy things. I'm usually pretty good about finding that, even from an early age. So what I mm-hmm. talked about was how so many people are speaking about how great of a man this used to be. He was a great baseball player. He was a great football player. We knew him when he was young. And late in his life, he had diabetes. He wasn't getting around too well. And I spoke very passionately about how this man had a great last part of his life, surrounded by family and grandkids who absolutely loved him and cared about him and really did well. Thankfully, my set was good because... Getting up onto the, not the stage, the the front, I don't know, was very awkward because nobody had informed me what I was supposed to do when I got to the big J. Um, see, everybody else had gone up there and did I'm the sorry. forehead, well, middle oh. of the chest, left nip, right nip. And like, I Spectacles, had- testicles, wallet, watch. Is that whatever? All I know is that at no point- I knew I wasn't allowed to do communion because I was hungry. And at one point they were serving <laughs> snacks and like, there were like crackers and I don't know wine or juice and everybody's getting up there and I go to get up and my dad turns around and is like, sit down now. And I was like, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm so, so I sit down. So, but like everybody got up there, did the thing and I'm walking up there and I have no idea. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful in the sense that I don't want to disrespect the, the church and everybody being there. Sure. But I also recognize that mostly everybody there knows that I'm a Jew. Like, it's not really appropriate. So <laughs> he got up there. Everybody got down on one knee. Everybody got down on one knee and did the thing. Uh-huh. I took like a half dip and then gave like a what's up up top. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like went a quarter of the way down on a knee like, ugh. And then, like, pop the head up a little bit. It was Very like nice. a, yeah, just a just an acknowledgement. And I don't know if you've ever heard because it was a big funeral. He was very well known and very well known in the community. So there were probably a good hundred people, two hundred people in the church alone and outside. The whisper, like as it began fading towards the back out, it uh-huh. was. <laughs> and so then I had to get up there and recover. And uh, I started off by explaining to him that he taught us how to cheat when we were young. So it was a good vibe. Um, but I've always had very complicated 
I've always had a complicated relationship with 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 the church in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, I mean, if you're not raised in it. Yeah. That's then... how cults are. Right. If you're not raised in it, it's very difficult to acclimate into it. Yeah, um, if, you don't, if you don't know what the customs and all the adjacent uh, uh, hand motions and and uh, standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down, and then, you know, when to kneel and when to use the footrest and what all is, that stuff. What is the cultiest thing that you have ever been a part of? And you don't have to have been a part of it for long, hmm. but I want to know when the moment it hit you where you were like, Oh fuck! This is a cult. Yeah, I'm right. In a no, cult no, no. right now. Okay, okay. I actually, so I had just gotten fired from the radio station. Oh, so and, okay. And so I was looking at work. I just had to find right. work. Uh, and so I found something. It, it, I forget what the what the actual gig was, but the 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 it was like a, it was kind of kind of a marketing gig. Okay. But what you do is you go from like business to business and mm -hmm. you give them coupons for like services and stuff like that like golf or fun things you know you 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 go around and you i forget what the actual god there was some kind of some kind of marketing thing but the idea was you you worked on some sort of commission where you have to like sell or get get rid of as many of these vouchers that you have right. and i went on essentially a training run with this other guy who was in this thing. Right. And he's explained to me how, you know, he's always golfing with these, uh, with these big wigs and business. And he's, he's got, you know, got a fancy car and all this stuff. And I, I get to like the, like the home base, like where everyone is gathering, where, you know, where, the, where they send all these people out on their various routes. Right. And I hear them doing just like this strangest like not a chant but like just it was an altogether kind of like a rah-rah message <laughs> how long and was i got it? the how, how long was the how long was the chant i mean it was long enough that i was like this is weird like i i <laughs> I, I got the weirdest fucking vibe from this thing and was filling out the little uh the little application of the little form that you fill out to try to be a part of it and uh there was a a question that asked you if you're a, a good self-starter and I checked no. And, <laughs> and I just, I handed it to the guy. I was like, you know what, listen, uh, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. And it was the, <sighs> just the weirdest goddamn thing. Like they're they're They had an acronym that was like juicy or something like that. And I, I don't even remember what it stands for, but that it sticks out that juicy was like the, 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 Oh, I want to know what it is. So bad. that out. And it was just, yeah, God, it, that was, as we were going from place to place to like on this guy's like right. uh, delivery route or whatever the fuck it was, I could just, I just got this yeah really skeevy vibe from the whole thing. Yeah. And then it, it, it seemed like it was, now that I think back to it, it's probably some strange multi-level marketing oh, scam. Oh, it's, oh my God. You were like one step away from selling knives door to door. Oh yeah. Something like you that. You have a shoe that you don't like anymore. Watch how this knife cuts through this. Yeah. You can even cut a tin can with it, but you wouldn't yeah. want to. I had two. I've had two moments where I was like, this is a cult, right? <laughs> the first one was when I, so I went to, uh, I, I went to two colleges. I went to Kutztown University for a couple of years. And I transferred to a theater conservatory in Philadelphia called University of the Arts. Um, there are many different acting styles. 
Sure. Right. And what's really cool is a lot of these acting styles all born were born out of this same group like decades ago. Like and the like Stanislavski they, method. Yeah. So you have Stanislavski, you have Stella Adler, you have Meisner, you have Method, and like all these guys like work together. Um, but the problem is people don't realize that because people are different, methods are different. Mm -hmm. These guys developed methods that worked for them. But like any method of doing something in a subjective form like acting, it's a la carte. You got to teach all the styles and then you pull whatever is useful from you. So when you have one particular conservatory, it can become a bit culty. So <laughs> I learned a couple of these techniques at Kutztown, uh, one of which being Meisner. And, and the concept of Meisner is very simply uh, behave truthfully in imaginary circumstances. Really live them. Every moment that you're in there is your truth. And what you're saying is not nearly as important as how you're saying it and what you're putting off. So which has very... uh, which really sticks to the theme of what this podcast has been right. this, uh, this episode. So so. Uh, how do I put this? So yeah, one of the one of the most common Meisner techniques you may have heard this is is the repetition technique. So I'm going to say a phrase, you're going to say it back to me. Okay, so that, that's simple. So you're wearing a blue shirt, and you would you're say, "You're wearing I'm. a blue shirt." No, I'm. So oh. you take this. You're wearing a blue shirt. I am wearing a blue shirt. You are wearing a blue shirt. I am wearing a blue shirt. Yeah, you're wearing a blue shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing a blue shirt. You're wearing a blue shirt. I'm wearing a blue shirt. You're wearing you're wearing a blue. So the, the concept is that what we're saying is not nearly as important as the, the evolution inflection. of the inflection and how it goes. Right. Sure. Very interesting stuff. You know what? I, again, it has a lot to do with the theme of this podcast. It really has nothing to do with what we're saying. It really <laughs> has to do with the, saying, the yeah. evolution of the relationship that we are. We are Meisner. Right. So Meisner cuts down great. I end up transferring to University of the Arts, and now I'm in a Meisner conservatory, mm -hmm. but still educating different acting styles. But because it was like a conservatory, they brought in professionals from the outside world to teach. And they brought in this woman, Wendy Ward. Oh, my God, this fucking woman. <laughs> so part of the concept of Meisner is to fuck with your head. So what she would do is she would create scenarios to fuck with students' heads to give them the experience of that moment to then be drawn upon later. So there was okay. this girl in our class who, very sweet girl, I still remember this to this day as a moment I wish I had spoken up. I wish I had spoken up in this class, in this moment. She was sitting there, she was sitting there and her jeans kind of pulled down a little bit and she, like a little bit of her underwear got exposed and she pulled her pants back up and Wendy was like, what the fuck are you wearing in my class? Really obnoxious one. What the fuck are you wearing in my class? She's like, I'm really sorry. She's like, what the fuck? You little slut, you little whore, get the fuck out. And like drove into this poor freshman girl who was crying her eyes out because she's being gaslit by this teacher to give her this moan. And this just kept happening over and over and over and over in our class until finally I realized this is a fucking cult. This entire thing is designed simply to manipulate, break you down and uh, elevate this, this teacher as a godlike symbol in her mind. So I'm in class one day, and this was the day that I had enough. I wish I'd spoken up that one day. Um, but we're watching a scene. At this point, we're doing scene work. She hands out scripts. And there's a scene going on between these two uh, people in the class. And sitting next to me was my friend, Jared. His name is also Jared, oh, wow. spelled differently. Okay. That, and he doesn't have our Which last name. That's why he's not on the podcast. But right. good friend, Jared. Anyway, we're all taking notes. I'm sitting behind Wendy. 
And the the actor in it, the male, is talking to his wife about how much he needs to ride. I need to ride. I need to ride. It's me and them horses. I need to ride. I need to. I'm a rider. I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a rider. I'm a racer. I need to race. And like he's so passionately enthralled about it. It's clear that he is a jockey based off of what he's saying. Sure. Now, this man was comfortably above 250, 275 pounds. Not exactly jockey weight. And was like five foot five, five foot six. Okay. I bring this up not to shame, but to explain that if he is a jockey, this scene very quickly becomes a comedy, not a drama, <laughs> and we are not reacting the appropriate way. I stand by this analysis. And so I gently put on a piece of paper, is he supposed to be a jockey? Question mark. And I tilt it to Jared. And Jared puts his pencil and just goes, question mark? And I don't know how Wendy heard his question mark over the sound <laughs> of this actor screaming about wanting to race the horses. But she goes, stop, turns around to Jared and goes, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what? She goes, what are you doing? He's like, just taking notes. She goes, you should be paying attention, even though we have fucking notes out, right? Any chance to go after somebody, she'd go mm -hmm. after yeah. Now, keep in mind, for these scenes, they have to be as real as possible. So people are bringing in fucking suitcases. People are backing their cars up the night before. They're unloading their entire apartment. They're building beds and bookshelves in this classroom just to please this cultist leader woman. Uh-huh. Because the fuck you do? Right now, get the fuck out. That was her phrase. It was, Wendy, get the fuck out of my classroom, Lord. Get the fuck out of my classroom. <laughs> Jared, and Jared's shocked. Oh, my fucking God. She looks at me, and she goes... Should I be throwing you out of this fucking classroom too? Now, in that moment, much like Nicolas Cage in Next, I managed to see one minute into the future of every timeline. If you get that reference, that's a deep cut. It is a very, but I was, was going to congratulate you on <laughs> picking one of the most obscure Nicolas Cage movies you possibly could have. I, I don't saw... think anyone, I, I think you and Jessica Biel saw that fucking movie and she was in it. <laughs> And yourself as well, clearly. I haven't seen it. I just know. No, it's a great movie. It just doesn't have an ending. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm seeing multiple paths in front of me. And in this moment, I assess there's no way I'm not getting thrown out of this classroom right now. So my like she's on it. a throwing out of classroom kick right now. She's throwing uh -huh. this Jared out, this Jared out. So I'm like, if I'm getting thrown out of this classroom, I'm, gonna I'm going out it. my own fucking terms. She goes, should I be throwing your ass out of this classroom too? I go, probably it's about time, huh? <laughs> And she goes, get the fuck out of my classroom. And I go, yep, that seems about right. And I stood up <laughs> and I got my stuff together, <laughs> walked out. He had to take an elevator up to the floor. Jared and I both, we didn't, we weren't even really friends at that point. Jared and I both get into the elevator. We stand there. I hit the one button. We awkwardly wait as the doors close. And in dead silence in the elevator, I go, so that could have gone better, huh? <laughs> him and I started cracking up laughing it was 9 45 in the morning we didn't have another class until one because this class was supposed to go until like 11 30 12 and I was like you want to go grab a beer and he was like sure and Jared and I, I became I, friends ever since very nice <laughs> the other the other cult I was a part of and this is a much quicker story is mm -hmm. uh CrossFit that's just it's that simple <laughs> it's that it's just CrossFit I did CrossFit by the way that is that is never a cult that I will ever be a part oh. of oh I joined CrossFit and the, their, their focus on completion rather than form and being healthy is my 
I had to like lift weights and then throw giant balls up against the wall and then run a mile around the building, run around. And so finally my asthma was kicking in. It was cold out. I get back to the building. I have to like run and I have to do like sit-ups. I'm on the ground panting, hyperventilating, probably should have called an ambulance. And I had 20 people around me all helping me by telling me to finish come on jared you can finish you can come on jared finish and i was like this is a fucking cult you're gonna kill somebody with what you're doing I've, i think i went to two classes that is very much a cult have you seen so back in back in august on espn they do for a week they do something called the ocho are you familiar with no, the, ocho? the ocho maybe i am i just don't know by name have you ever seen the movie dodgeball yes okay you know how when they were doing the big dodgeball championships, it was on ESPN 8, The Ocho? No. Oh. No. Yeah. So ESPN kind of embraces that. And every year in August, the eighth month of the year, they do ESPN, The Ocho. And on regular ESPN television, they have the most absurd sports you have ever seen. Love it. In your fucking life. They've Love got it. like something called Slippery Stairs. Oh, uh, they had the uh, they had like robot fighting competitions. Yeah, they had all kinds of stuff. What, but one of the things that they had on the Ocho was the CrossFit Championships. Come on! Oh my goodness! To find the fittest man and fittest woman in the world, and the the finals of the CrossFit Championships was a was a relay where you start off uh, there. You have to do like ten miles on a bike on, on a on a stationary bike to right. start with. And then you have to do uh, barbell squats where you're holding the barbell up over your head and you got to squat down like, you know, 25 times or whatever the fuck it is. And then then you pick the barbell up and you run with it. You have to Come run. Or, no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Not run. Not run. Do lunges. You have to do lunges across <laughs> a finish line. And it was like I have never wanted to be more sedentary than watching those fucking people you know what's amazing about those people who like do those types of things somewhere in their brain it has never occurred to them that they don't have to do any of that <laughs> right <exactly. laughs> this is this is this is a choice that you make every day you every day you make a choice and you go i don't have to and that's something if some i think if people can take one lesson away from this episode mm -hmm. it's whether it's exercise or you know, culty behavior or religious or extremism, yeah. you don't have to do any of that. Like you don't have to do it. You really don't. And that's the thing that I always found fascinating about it. There was a moment in my life in high school where, and I still have the Bible to this day. It's on my shelf somewhere. This girl who I went to high school with, who I was in choir with, we sat in the back of her van. She got me a Bible and she cried with me for hours. And when I say with me, I mean at me because mm -hmm. I wasn't crying. That would imply both of us are crying Sure, because I was going to hell and I was going to hell because I was a Jew. Oh. I wasn't Catholic. I was. A, and it 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 killed it. It ate her up inside. It absolutely ate her up inside that somebody who was as kind and nice as me was going to go and burn in hell eternally. And what I told her was Jews don't believe in hell. <laughs> no, no. What I told her was, I said, why would I, who is a good, this is how my parent, our family was raised. We, I'll bring it all back around. Sure. We weren't raised with a religion. We were raised to be good people. We were taught that 
if you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can respect the person looking back at you, you can say, I respect this person as a good person. I did good every day. I did good things today. Then whatever is out there, religion, non-religion, you're going to be fine. And this is why for many years I didn't brush my teeth at night before I went to bed because I didn't want to have to lie to that reflection of myself back in the mirror. No, it's a stupid joke. But no, I've, I, me, my brother, my sister, my other sister, we've always been just very good people. And we're not good people because we have to. We're not good people because we need to. We're not good people because if we are good people, we get rewarded with eternal life or eternal happiness. And for bad people, we get eternal. We're good people because it's what's the right thing to do. And if there is a religion out there that is going to say that me, as a person who is a good person, is going to burn in hell because I'm not donating money to a church, I'm not saying all of the Our Fathers and Bloody Marys and all that other bullshit, then I don't want to be a part of this religion. What structure do you have in place that entrance into that world, that eternal bliss, is not based off of what you do? but who you worship and how you worship. Yep. And if you can take a mirror and turn the reflection back on yourself, whether it's these multi-level things, whether it's cultist behavior, whether it's religious extreme, are you being judged based off of your actions or are you being judged based off of following the rules of how you're supposed to worship? If it's the latter, then there's something wrong with your system. There's something wrong with your system if you're excluding good people simply because they're not being good your way. There's no one way to be good. There's no one way to order Taco Bell. There are multiple ways to do both of those things. It's not about how, which building you're being good in. It's about whether or not you're being good. And I think- So what you're saying is it's not about how you accept the Taco Bell. But what it does inside of you, <laughs> it cleanses you. <laughs> well, I don't know it's if it cleanses cleans- you. Well, yeah, no, I guess it does. Yeah, it's that's, a cleansing um, experience. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just take a beat, just take a minute, just I, take a. I, I wish people would. I wish people would. And really internally reflect and go, is what I'm being asked to do good for everyone, or is what I'm being asked to do? only good for specific people or just for me or just for me. And uh, I think if we all had a little bit more being good to other people, just because it's the right thing to do, I think that we would be in a better place. Here's to that. Hey everybody. Thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Please leave us a five-star review, even if it's a sarcastic one. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have an idea for the show? Or are you also Jared Stern? Shoot us an email. You can find links to everything at jaredstern.com. Jared Stern.